Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. This is Gerald Glassford from right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week. Twice a week, wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, also as well, Game Source, Inside Sports, Fantasy Football. Of course, the great folks at Lakersball.com. You got to go ahead and check out Ox1947, who is on his way back to california on his way back home he already had his fun as one of the wedding crashers back east in the midwest so there you go he's hopefully didn't get arrested at some stag party back there and hopefully he will be able to join us on tuesday so go ahead and check out ox1947 and always his comments today at lakersball.com plus also he owns a company called simblades the simblades if you want in the Southern California area to go ahead and have a better lawn than you did today, go ahead and check out Simblades, Simblades with a Y.com. Plus also our good friends at Lakerholics.com. They were the, I guess the, the scuttlebutt as the way, the old fashioned way of saying it of the talk of Lakers town last week for all the discussions and the back and forth and all the, accusations and all the stuff that went down. So go ahead and check out what all the hubbub's all about at Lakerholics.com. Our good friends, John McCallion on his YouTube channel, 50 pounds down, 80 to go. So go ahead and channel what he's doing today. And plus some great conversations to be had, the John McCallion channel. And our good friend, Stone Hansen, who is still on vacation. And hopefully he will return back to us, keeping our fingers crossed. But you can go ahead and check out his work at post-draft at UpsideSwings.com. And if you can support all that, plus also as well, go ahead and like, share, and subscribe. Go ahead and hit the little beady eyes. Joe's always with us because he's right below magic each and every time on YouTube. So go ahead. Take your finger. Go ahead. Take your mouse. Go right there. Boop. Click on those beady eyes and subscribe today to get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers Fast Break podcast. Plus, if you can give that five-star review wherever you get your podcast for those that are listening out there on the podcast airwaves. And please go ahead and make sure you also as well follow, like, and support us anywhere we're at on social media. And if you do, it's sincerely appreciated. And again, we are so close to a 1,000 subscribers. So close. Ugh. So close. Just about under 80 away from being at the magical 1,000 marks. So you go ahead and let us know. If you've not yet subscribed, please do so. And if you know someone in your life that's a Lakers fan like we are, go ahead and make sure they know about us here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Well, I'll tell you what, 
It's great having you here. Intel Wild says Joe threw his mattresses out of the window at the hotel room where he was staying at back in Detroit. Sounds like Joe, that's for sure. Especially if the TV ain't working. So, you know, that's you'd probably go ahead and take it out of something. That's a good possibility indeed. But I didn't hear he got arrested. So I guess he's going to be back with us tomorrow, just to let everybody know. We're going to be doing profiles all this week of various Lakers that have now joined the team. And the first one today we're going to go ahead and discuss is Gabe Vincent. Gabe Vincent, in my opinion, and I'm going to go ahead and ask uh, my fellow panelist, Sean Grice, here in a second, if he thinks the way I do. And that quite possibly all the new arrivals for the Los Angeles Lakers, he could play the biggest role. He could play the key role for the team. We'll talk about why in us here in a little bit through this show. We'll talk about what Gabe Vincent has done, why people are so optimistic about his chances, and also why people are kind of also pessimistic as well. There's a lot of divisiveness when it comes to the kind of contribution Gabe Vincent may or may not bring to the Lakers. So we'll discuss that as well. Also, the fact that with what we talked about with D'Angelo Russell and his disappointing playoff run, Will that translate into a regular season where he becomes the backup and Gabe is promoted to starter? We'll talk about that on the show as well. But first man up is the only man here right now. Good man indeed. He's the madman from Toronto. You just got to go ahead and make sure he gets out of Toronto traffic to go ahead and talk about Gabe Vincent. It's good man indeed. It is the man who's all over Lakers fast break. Who exactly is Gabe Vincent? You know what? I'm not even sure, though. But I, we are talking about Gabe Vincent. That's for sure. It is the magic man, Sean Grice. And Sean, heavy duty says, I want Laker Tom and Jamie to share a hotel room. <laughs> I'm not sure they would. Uh, Intel Wilds says, Gabe, oops. No worries. No worries there. But great to have you here, my friend. Uh, your thoughts, first off, when you heard the news that Gabe Vincent for the next three years, at least on paper right now, is a Laker. Yeah, you know what, Gerald? I actually, unfortunately, wasn't able to be a part of that uh, that show, but uh, I was very, very pleased with that signing. And honestly, it was a bit of a surprise because didn't hear a whisper one about uh, Gabe Vincent being linked to the Lakers. But uh, that's good scouting on the Lakers' part and good stealth work by Rob Polinka as well. He didn't show his cards whatsoever with that signing at all. Like he was, I heard Gabe Vincent being linked to the Raptors very heavily, Gerald. Um, That was one team that stood out, but I'm glad we got him. And I agree with you 100% outside of our big three, which is LeBron, AD and Austin Reeves. um, I think you're right. I think Gabe Vincent is the kind of the key holder to um, a balance, so to speak, for the Lakers offensively and defensively, he come he comes with a lot of a lot of uh, sizzle right now because of what he did uh, the past two years of the playoffs, Gerald. But this has been building up for for a while. He he had to. This is an underdog story, so I understand why uh, Laker fans might be um, a bit. I guess, weary or kind of not quite ready to be in the the camp of Gabe Vincent, but he is an underdog story, not all that dissimilar to Austin Reeves. They both, 
They both went undrafted. Yes. They both had to struggle uh, a little bit before they finally found uh, a team willing to uh, invest in them. Um, but Vincent's been a capable player ever since college, Gerald. So it, uh, I understand uh, the hesitancy if there's if there's a lack of familiarity. But once you familiarize yourself with who he is the past two years, I mean, he's played in 40 playoff games. He's played in over 1,000 minutes uh, over the past two playoffs. Um, he's been an integral part of the Heat. I will give a quote by Eric Spolstra that basically sums up who he is. He said, and I quote, uh, Gabe is a competitive player. Uh, he has the ability to shapeshift for us at any point in time. And that is so important for what we do. And so, well, let me ask you this. When it comes to Gabe Vincent, again, there's a lot of divisiveness as far as him coming after four years in, in Miami. Again, like you talked about, an undrafted player coming in. He has a certain reputation, certain numbers that you go by. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about the good or the bad when it comes to Gabe Vincent? And then let's, overall, at the end, we'll talk about the possibilities that they're in. Let's start with the bad. Okay. Start off with the bad. When you look at his numbers overall, First up, 33% shooting. It's not mm-hmm. a huge step up from Dennis Schroeder, which is going to be uh, you know, something he's going to have to work on. He did have a point in time where he shot a little bit higher than that, around 36%, almost 37% last, uh, the previous season. Not last season, but the season before. Mm-hmm. So it was looking like it was on the way up, but it went down again last season. The also troubling number, if you look at it, we talked about so much about Christian Wood's defensive rating and how – Unfortunately, not that good it is, which is part of the reason why he still is available out there. But you look at Gabe Vincent's defensive rating for the regular season, and it fell off a cliff from one season to the next. From Well, actually, it's gone all over the place. From 110 to 114 to 110 to 115 and a half. A terrible number by any stretch as far as that's concerned. And Gabe comes into as far as a hard, hustling hard-working player who's supposed to give you some reputable defense. He has shown that in the playoffs at times, that he can give you that. He's actually shot better from three-point range in the playoffs for his career. He shot around 35% from three, so it's a little tick up from there. 90% from the free-throw line, so that's obviously very encouraging in the playoffs when it matters the most. Mm -hmm. So I'll give you that. But for like I said, when you see the numbers and you see the defense going back and forth from good to bad to good to bad on the defensive rating, and then you see the three-point shooting kind of trickling back down to the norm after a high of 36 the previous season, does that kind of uh, get you concerned at all about what we committed ourselves to for three years? Perhaps, you know what, Gerald, he's not all that different from I'm just bringing you the numbers. Yeah, so don't, yeah, don't, don't send the hate, hate my way. No, no, no. That, um, I would say that, you know, it's obvious that, you know, he does, he is capable of going into slumps. That That is pretty obvious. Um, 
whether it was his uh, time with the Stockton Kings. I looked into his G League stats there. And like you said, Jared, with with the Heat, um, it was a mixed bag as far as shooting goes. I mean, in 21 and 22, the Heat went from being 19th to being third in the NBA as far as three-point shooting goes, Gerald, when they inserted him into their rotation. But the next year, they went to 24th. But in the playoffs, they they went white hot from, from deep. It seemed like they couldn't miss in the series against the Bucks and the Celtics. But... Like you said, I, I mean, it's it's kind of a mixed bag with him as far as shooting is concerned. But I'm willing to live with his slumps because I think what he gives you elsewhere uh, make more than makes up for for his lack of uh, prowess on any shooting that he's. What what Spolstra said there by calling him shapeshifter uh, is very interesting, Gerald, because. He, he plays whatever role you want him to play. He's a jack-of-all-trades as far as a guard is concerned. And you're right. There are some times defensively where there are lapses or, you know, he gets beat. Uh, and, again, the shooting can be, can be iffy at best, uh, especially if he's struggling. But he is a solid, solid player, and I'm willing to take the bad with the good with Gabe. I will tell you, though, again, you heard the bad. You heard as far as people who are detractors on it or saying it's not really the greatest signing in the world. $11 million, especially as the cap goes up over the next three years, it's not going to kill you by any stretch of the imagination. But this is a player, if D'Angelo Russell does not materialize into a much better D'Angelo Russell that's needed, he'll either get traded as far as D'Angelo Russell is concerned, or he may be coming off the bench. And if that's the case, you're going to elevate Gabe Vincent because you're certainly not going to elevate JHS because JHS, anybody who's thinking JHS is going to contribute this year is with what you saw in the summer league is absolutely just out of their mind at this point, unless he somehow transforms, goes into a phone booth and comes out Superman. There's no way JHS is going to give you anything this this season as far as on a regular basis looking the way he did in Summer League, unless he totally transforms himself at a G League level and when he plays with the South Bay Lakers. So that being said, if D'Angelo Russell struggles or get injured, it is going to be Gabe Vincent. And we'll discuss our starting lineups here and all that here at a sec devotion because I know you were asking for it and I truly appreciate it. He is a solid guard. The, the thing I like best is the numbers don't speak well of him. No. They speak to him as a little bit below average player. What the numbers don't speak of is what this kid has as far as heart, grit, and guts that we saw evidence in. And the Lakers need this type of player in the playoffs. He is not afraid to do what you need to have done in the playoffs. He doesn't matter. You see, he doesn't care about putting up shots. He'll do what he needs to do. He's not fearful of the moment because he's been in nine playoff series already. That's the thing. At 26 years old, he's already has been very seasoned, a finals run, already yeah. a couple long stretches with the, with the heat already. So I tell you, Magic Man, that's the good when it comes to Vincent. It's not the stats you see no. with him. It's the fact that there's the intangibles that he brings. 
Yeah, 100% drill. That that's well said. And yeah, that it it that 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 is exactly I think what what Eric Spolster was trying to explain to everybody about what uh, Vincent's value is to the team. If they are struggling having a guard with on-ball skills like Kyle Lowry when they signed when they traded for him, drilled. Eric Spolstra was not afraid to put the ball in Vincent's hands and make Kyle Lowry more of an off-ball shooter. When he played with Tyler Hero, kind of the same deal. But when he played with Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler dominated the ball, Gerald, and Gabe Vincent became a non-dominant shooter or, as you said, doing the little things. He can cut. He's not, po- he's not opposed to cutting. He's not opposed to getting dirty. He's not opposed to setting screens, even though he's 6'2". He's not exactly 6'3". I know some people have listed him as 6'3". He's 6'2". But you're like you said, Gerald, he's a, t- he's a tough mother bugger. He really is a tough mother bugger. He is not afraid to mix it up. Um, and the, quite frankly, we need that. We, we need somebody who can come into the locker room and become an instant favorite amongst the fans and the locker room. I think that's exactly what has happened. Um, He just gives it up for his teammates. Like Jimmy Butler swarmed by him, Bam's swarmed by him. They've all seen the the work he's put in. These are all all NBA players. They wouldn't be blowing smoke up, up somebody's butt if they didn't think they were worthy of praise, especially those two guys. So I, I think it's um, it bodes well for his reputation. And I agree with Gerald. I, I understand, you know, it, there's some kind of, I, I'm not sure if it's a block or if people just don't want to see with their eyes, Gerald. But like you said, he's played in nine playoff series. He's got the scars and the wounds that could uh, – that could go up against anybody in our locker room outside of LeBron. So, you know, I'm with you. I think he's he's the kind of steady hand we need in the backcourt with uh, young, still young in D'Lo and Austin Reeves. And Vincent's young as well. But the fact of the matter is, is he's had to struggle to get where he is. And I think, again, Gerald talks about intangibles. It's kind of that element of Yay, the underdog that I think that the Lakers really need. And he delivers that. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com. And you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Uh, so you would watch The Tomorrow War before The Matrix? Yes. If you forced me down, you, I was tied into a chair and I had to watch one thing, I would say The Matrix Resurrections. Really? Funny. Yeah, because of all the cutscenes, I could remember what a good movie was like. <laughs> 
Well played, sir. Well played. Yes, that's the only reason for the flashbacks, to remind you what a good Matrix movie was. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. It is, of course, the Magic Man, Sean Grice, along with me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Thank you, Lifted, for subscribing. Been here so long. You've been such a great part of what we do. I thought you had subscribed already. Or maybe you're just resubscribing. So that's all good by me. That's all good. But glad to have you subscribing. Please subscribe today to get the latest notifications of when we go live on the air right here at the Lakers Fast Break. We are talking Gabe Vincent and the kind of contribution that he can make with the Lakers. Again, when it comes to Gabe Vincent, my friend, I just think that he is more built. We talk about players that are built for the regular season. Yes. The playoff. Uh, I think when it comes down to it, the Lakers have one individual point guard that's very much built for the regular season, as long as he keeps shooting well, as I said in the comments, in D'Angelo Russell. And one individual who does not look good on paper, but is very much ready to take the moment in the playoffs. So I think it's kind of great that they have this option to choose from. It'd be awesome if they could both be consistent in both the, the regular season and the postseason, but based off the numbers, based off the history, based off the eye test from what we've seen, that's probably not what we're going to get. Yeah, probably probably not. But you always hope for for an outside shot that uh, somehow he he went to Lords or uh, saw a shooting star and wished upon it. Uh, but for the most part, Gerald, what you see is what you get with uh, with D'Lo. And you know what? What you see is what you get is a productive player. Um, but like you said, Gerald, it's just some some guy some tr- some cars are meant for the long haul, and some are meant for you know quick trips. Him, he's a regular season player. He's not he's not a truck we're going to need in the playoffs. Gabe Vincent is the long haul truck um, that you're going to need uh, with Austin Reeves in the backcourt in the playoffs, ideally. Um, and, but you know. Gerald, I, I hear a lot of talk about uh, possibly the Lakers moving off D'Lo. That's, that's a possibility as well. But you know what? You always need an emergency catcher. You never know. All it takes is one play for a catcher to get hurt. And then if you only have one other catcher, that's it, right? That's yes. it. Like, so it, it's important to have that third guard in play if and when – uh, you need to break that glass in case of emergency. And as Gerald has said time and time again, emergencies happen in the playoffs. And the thing is, though, you do have two players who now have playoff histories. You two have D'Angelo Russell. You're always worried about, okay, he's really not done a whole lot in the postseason. He had that little small run with Brooklyn. He's had a little bit here, taster here and there. Minnesota and Golden State, I think he might have had a little bit. Not Minnesota, but Golden State, he might have had it just a little bit. Uh, or did he? Or was that in the losing season when? when... Yeah, it was the losing season. Okay, it was it was, yeah. it was the season when Steph Curry broke his wrist. Right? Yes. Okay. So it is. he had the little run with Brooklyn when they were the uh, little team that could. Yes. With Kenny Atkinson as the coach. So you have that now. He has a nice little run going there. 
I understand he was pulled out of the finals, and that's what you're going to get a lot of the detractors coming right back at you. Say Magic Man. He got a considerable amount of time in the early rounds and in the conference finals. He did play a big role. He played a big role last season or when they made their run the last season. But when it came to the finals this season, he was played off the court. There is a very good likelihood that he can be played off the court. I'm not telling anybody different. Obviously, the numbers reflect that. You don't know which defensive Gabe Vincent you're going to get. Are you going to get the guy that's 110 or are you going to get the guy that's 115? I know that's only five points difference to people out there, but in the Yay, NBA, a that's a lot. And thank you, Bloodhound. Appreciate you going ahead and subscribing today. But your thoughts on this, my friend, five points in the defensive rating is a whole lot when it comes to the NBA. Oh, that's huge. That, that, that's huge. That's the difference between – you know, uh, an average de- uh, an average defender to a very bad defender. Um, that rating right there, um, five points is huge in the NBA. Um, the the fact of the matter is is that I I concede, and most people with half a brain would concede that yes, in the finals, the Nuggets found a way halfway through Game Three. To get him off the court. He was ineffective for half of game three and game four and game five. Like Gerald said, he was basically kind of played off the court. However, if it wasn't for a shooting in game two, um, the Miami Heat wouldn't have wouldn't have a, a wings prayer of trying to make that a series if uh, if his shooting wasn't as uh, superb as it was. And he did have the meme of the finals. I mean, uh, the Jokic may have uh, won the war, and congr- again, congratulations to the Nuggets. But uh, when Gabe Vincent hit that three in Christian Brown's face and uh, looked at him as, with that icy stare, that was the meme of the playoffs, Gerald. So like you said, I understand that, you know, it's possible that he gets played off, but he's got so much gumph and so much oomph. Um, I don't think he's deterred by being played off the court as opposed to somebody, say, D'Lo Gerald, where, you know, it was there was a fragility attached to whether or not you were going to go to D'Lo and um, basically inform him that he was going to be coming off the bench rather than the start. With Vincent... You have a player who doesn't have that switch. It's he has a built-in mechanism where IDGAF. If I start or if I'm coming off the bench, it's all hands on deck. Um, you need me to be a facilitator and play defense. I'll be a facilitator and play defense. You need me to be an off-ball shooter and do that. I'll do that. He will scratch and claw. Um, I love to pick up and again. As, as the negatives that come with kind of every player, but his positives are just outweigh all the negatives combined, Gerald. I will say, though, when it comes to the Lakers and the starting lineup, as of now, we are not counting Christian Wood yet or anything like that. Uh, as of now, my friend, it is going to look like, and as much as you know, I'd like to not have Rui in the starting lineup because I think he's so much more advantageous to you if he comes off the bench and what he does, what he brings. But it is going to be AD at the five. Sorry, AD. Rui, and and then you're going to go ahead with LeBron. 
although you're kind of stuck for a little bit slow footed as far as, you know, you know, a three spot. So you got to worry a little bit about the three spot there on the defensive end. And then you've got it, the, you know, obviously Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell is probably still going to keep his starting spot unless something happens uh, that's different. So I see that as the starting five. It's again, knowing D'Angelo Russell, he puts in a ton of games through you through, through the year. It gives you about 70 to 75 games. He'll get you, of course, if he played anywhere near to the level that he did last year, he's going to get you about 40% from three. He might not always be a plus out there on the court, as we saw the reason why. Because why would you send away a 40% three-point shooter? And why would you trade him to the Lakers? Well, the fact is, he was actually a minus when it came to him being on the court. Mm -hmm. So obviously, he's not doing everything well. Decent passer, can get you assists, can rack up some assists. The thing is, though, again, He's a minus out there. Whereas in Gabe Vincent, a lot of the times the reason why he's out there, despite his numbers, is the fact that the overall result is he's a plus out there on the court. He's a plus. He's a plus. He's um. He's a smart, heady player. He uh, uh, like Gerald K I S S. Keep it simple, stupid. I, I personally subscribe to that philosophy. Everybody loves being around somebody like that because if they just keep things simple, it's always simple. It's make the simple play, make the right pass, make the right read. That's what he's about. Sure. He's a guard. It's the NBA. He could be prone to turnovers. And as Gerald and, and we've all known, you know, he is prone to shooting slumps, but it's not a deterrence because he gets back on his butt to the other end of the court and hustles back. He doesn't let, as Gerald has said, there's no fear in this guy. He's not afraid. He's not afraid to go into the painted area against the trees. He's not afraid to absorb contact. He's just not afraid. Um, and Gerald should be mentioned. Should be mentioned mm -hmm. uh, in the as he brought up in the brief brief career where D'Lo sprouted. Uh, with the Nets, they Kenny Atkinson, Kenny Atkinson actually employed a three guard lineup. Gerald, come on, I know, sorry, Zangerstein, sorry, Zangerstein. He didn't mean it. He didn't mean it. No, no, no. I didn't. I didn't. It just just force a habit. But but it is, it should be noted that the his last great success in team concept was. A three guard lineup, and then see, don't hate me for that. Okay, absolutely. Zangerstein, he only means he only means that out of out of respect and admiration for you that he even said that. So we know that's those are like dirty words to you as a three guard lineup. So we truly apologize for that. As Joe would say, he'd like to apologize as well. But once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is Gerald Glasser along with the magic man, Sean Grice. Do I <laughs> High octane, you're absolutely right. Austin and D'Lo need to hit 40%. If you're going to have three non-shooters out there for great periods of time, you do need to have D'Lo and Austin hitting 40%. Otherwise, it's really going to get uh, a little problematic for you, especially when the Lakers are the – even with the improved shooting that they got, it's only incremental. So they're right now 27th in the league in three-point shooting. I say they go maybe up to 24th, 23rd, if they're lucky. If they go anywhere higher, I think that's much better for you. It does so many great things. But 
you know, my friend, I'm not counting on it, especially again, you're going to have to see improvements from Gabe Vincent to go from 33 to 36, the Braun go from 30 to 36. If they go back to that, then all bets are off and so many things changed for the better for the Lakers. Uh, absolutely, Gerald. And I think um, to start off, I think uh, Coach Ham is going to go back to the well with the with the the backcourt. I think your starting uh, two guards are going to be um, D'Lo and Austin. I think he's going to watch to see what he needs out of Gabe Vincent before he inserts him into the lineup, Gerald. I think that would be kind of the Occam's razor, like the simplest explanation is usually the correct one, right? So being a Swiss Army knife, if for some reason, if D'Lo's shot isn't falling on a certain night uh, to start off a game, and, but his, his facilitating is is good, which is what we've seen in the past, Gerald. When his shot isn't falling, he tries to make a, a concerted effort to be a good facilitator. Well, if that's the case and Austin's doing his thing, then you really need Vincent to be an off-ball shooter, and you really need that that night. Um, maybe on another particular night, Gerald, somebody else is, is struggling um, – and we're up against a defense that uh, isn't allowing a lot of ball movement. Well, again, um, insert Gabe Vincent and uh, making the simple play usually usually corrects uh, a funk. Um, so I think Ham is going to bring Vincent off the bench to start. And then eventually, if they do move off D'Lo and feel confident in him um, as a floor general, they will start him. But I do expect him to come off the bench. Would you consider Cam Reddish a guard or a forward? Because I'm trying to make it easier for Zangerstein, our good friend. And I don't really want to get get. Zangerstein mad at us continuously. I know, I know those three dirty words. Yeah, he's got a lot of athleticism. I wouldn't call him a forward, though. I I think he's guard. Okay, so I have a feeling if he does pop as a player and he gets you to the point where he's a a regular rotation player, you will see. Sorry, Zangerstein, I said this (laughs) three guard lineups. With him in the mix with Austin and Gabe Vincent, I could see that regularly. Or D'Lo, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. your choice there. I could see that regularly when LeBron goes out of the game or move LeBron to the four. So that could be very interesting as far as what I, I really think that there will be three guard lineups, unfortunately, that the Lakers will employ because Darvin Ham prefers it that way, even though he has a Torian Prince that can play extended minutes. He has. Uh, you know, other players that he can go ahead and reach. Max Christie, you know, it could be 6'6". Six, six, he's, you know, eh, he's still considered a guard. I don't think he's tall enough to – he will might have to play against 6'7", six, 6'8", six, players. But, yeah, it's going to be tough to see. But when it comes to Gabe Vincent, Gabe Vincent at 6'3", he's the smallest player on the Lakers team, so he has no choice to go ahead and play uh, against uh, other point guards. Mm-hmm. If you get him on switches, that could be a problem. Yes, that could be that could be a definite problem, uh, especially considering who else you have on the perimeter with him. Um, but yeah, um, Denver really, really exploited that. And um, if, Bo- if Boston ever got a healthy time lord, <laughs> they might have been able to exploit that a little bit in the playoffs as well, Gerald. But um, yeah, he's prone to that. That can happen. That just based off on matchups and 
player profile, Vincent 6'3". He's um, he's tr- he's strong, but he's not really he's super strong. You can knock him off. Yeah, but if um, you get him on a switch, which is all the rage in the NBA, switching, you're going to find him uh, on mismatches most. Yeah, of the time. it's going to be it's going to be a it's going to be a rave party if you get uh, Gabe Vincent on the floor with D'Angelo Russell on switches. It's going to be a, a kind of a, a five alarm fire. Uh, with scrambling going on. Um, so I, I, there are going to be points in time where this happens, Gerald. And, you know, I'm I'm satisfied that Coach Ham um, will be able to uh, understand when, when to employ Vincent and when is a time that you need some more height out there. I mean, there, Gerald, you're right. There may come a time where... Um, just for for height purposes, you may have to have Max Christie on the floor, uh, in lieu of Gabe Vincent. And even though he's a second year player, you're just gonna have to live for the results because, as Gerald said, if Gabe Vincent uh, gets switched a lot, he's going to find himself in an awkward, awkward position, and uh, that will not bode well for the Lakers. I'm Android all the way, by the way. I have no, I'm allergic to iPhones. I'm allergic to iPhones. Can't deal with them. Can't hang with them. Don't like them. I am Android all the way. There you go. Samsung, right here. Samsung, you want to go ahead and be a sponsor? Absolutely. But it is, of course, the Lakers fast break. It is Magic Man, Sean Grice, and me, Gerald Glasser. Thanks so much for watching. I wish it was solid gold. Then I would pawn it at a local pawn shop here. And there you go. But unfortunately, it's not. It's just, you know regular kind of phonage there for you so there you go but it is the lakers fast break it is gerald glassford along with magic man sean grice we're talking about gabe vincent the kind of contribution that he can bring the very real possibility that he at some point in time whether it's by december could be rolling into january somewhere along the line the lakers could get dissatisfied with d'angelo i told you before in the past Mm -hmm. months or so uh that you know, ever since the season ended, that this upcoming season would be the biggest year ever for D'Angelo. And the reason why is his play will determine whether or not he continues in the league as a starting guard, or if he decide, you know, or if his play dictates that he's going to be a coming off the bench guy going forward. Because he's at, you know, he's at his peak. He's at his what he's 28 years old he's he's right there in his prime and if he doesn't do it this year for you as far as what you need to get you're going to go ahead and if you're ham and sit him down or have him come off the bench and put in Gabe Vincent who may not be the best alternative for you but for me it beats giving Austin Reeves the ball and trying to have him make decisions as a point guard I really think if people are asking for more decision-making from Austin Reeves as far as a primary playmaker. As we've seen, as far as his ball handling issues and that he still needs to work on are concerned, it still brings us quite a bit of concern when it concerns that right there. A lot of concerning. Yeah. Yeah. He's not, um, but he, we all love his ability to facilitate, but he is not a pure passer. Uh, He is a, Die in the woods combo guard, great off, great off the ball, pretty good on the ball skills. But as Gerald said, dribble dribbles a little questionable right now, uh, especially when he's driving into the paint. Um, needs a little work on it, but I agree with Gerald. You can't have you can't have uh, 
uh, Austin as the primary facilitator, even though I do love him as a secondary facilitator. I, I would put him in the top 10 percentile, Gerald, as far as combo guards as being a secondary facilitator. Um, he's very good at that, but as, like Gerald said, putting the ball in his hands and asking him to go from like a usage rate from like 24% to 35%, not a good look into the future. That's not going to be a lot of efficiency. Heavy Dude says, I hope Ham runs a true training camp and makes the starting point guard spot truly up for grabs. What's the likelihood that Ham will actually hold a real training camp and allow for certain spots. Right now, the only spot I see up for grab heavy duty realistically is going to be for, uh, you know, I think the one Back spot in the start, the other point yeah. or whatever power forward center, whoever's yeah. going to be as far as a small four, uh, whatever spot is not taken up in the in the front in the front court by ad and lebron so whoever's going to take that spot whether it is jackson hayes you know with the laker tom dream stretch five scenario there whether it is christian wood whether it is rui hashimura whether it is jared vanderbilt who is still a very real possibility which would be ironic to the fact that some people last week wanted to trade him for on a sign and trade to get him out of town there is a very real possibility he would have to start so if that's the case, I do not think Gabe Vincent will be the starter coming out of camp, coming out of the exhibition season. But I would not be surprised at all if at some point in time, not counting injury into the equation, that he does supplant D'Angelo as a starter and D'Angelo becomes even more desirable by the Lakers to go ahead and get rid of in a trade. Yeah, uh, um, you're, you're you're banking on that. You're hoping for that. If you're Ham, Palinka, the scouting staff, that's that's what it is, Gerald. I mean, right now, two things can be true at the same time. The first truism is that this team is going to go as far as uh, LeBron, AD, and Austin Reeves take them. Those those are your big three horses. Now we think. That one of those guard slots in the playoffs, when it comes down to crunch time, will be slotted to Gabe Vincent. So there, as Gerald has said, there's that one slot in between LeBron and AD. Who's going to get that slot? This is Chariots of Fire time. Absolutely. And I don't want to hear the music or slow running and all that. All that in slow mo and all that. But once again, it is Magic Man Sean Grice and me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching, listening. Truly appreciate it. We are discussing the possibilities for Gabe Vincent. Again, of all the new signings, Magic Man, he might be the key as far as or the one that plays at least the most amount of minutes, whether it's in crunch time in a game in a regular season or in the playoffs just because of the fact that he's been there before and done it so much already. Yeah, he has, Gerald. Um, you know, been there, done that, um, soup to nuts. Um, you can count on this guy. Um, he will give you whatever he has in the tank, 100% effort. At some point in time, as Gerald has said, there's going to be a matchup or two where he gets played off the floor. 
but he remains undeterred. He doesn't sit on the bench and soak. You don't see him with a towel over his head uh, away from his teammates. He's encouraging. He's a cheerleader. He roots for his guys. He's the one that I would want in the foxhole with uh, LeBron, AD, and Austin Gerald. Like you said, he's been there before. He knows what it's like. There are no atheists in the foxhole. Gabe Vincent has the scars. I think um, it's a beneficial role for him and for the team if uh, he could solidify that other guard spot come playoff time. So I ask you, my friend, seeing how you would lay it out right now with Gabe Vincent, that's coming into camp, and you're Darvinham. Are you really putting everything up for grabs and really seriously thinking about moving Gabe Vincent to the starting lineup? Could he be a better fit for the Lakers in that starting lineup? Yes, I think he could. I, I think I, I think that's that's definitely an option. Obviously, you know, I don't think any I don't think anything's uh set in uh in uh, ink yet as far as the the starting five other than the three guys who mentioned um so I think I think that the starting point guard position should be up for should be up for um competition and an open one. It shouldn't just be relegated to, to uh D'Angelo Russell just because he had it last year. I mean, for goodness sakes, we went on a heck of a streak with Jared Vanderbilt in the starting lineup, Gerald, and he was taken out and Jared didn't uh sulk and uh and moan about it um if jared vanderbilt can uh be an efficient uh player off the bench for the lakers there's no reason why d'angelo russell can not as well that's your teammate that's somebody you've known for a long time it was probably a hard pulled swallow for vando to hear that he was going to the bench but he went to the bench gerald yeah again with gabe vincent ultimate team player on a very affordable contract, three years, $33 million, so $11 million a year really could be somebody that, barring injury, could be a very solid player for us. And if the more he plays for us, the better the, better the deal looks that we gave him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know people say, man, it's kind of like a little bit of an overplay. If you looked at the numbers statistically, you'd probably say, yes, it's a little bit of an overpay for what he's done statistically in regular season. But it's again the experience that he's already achieved with Miami. I think that's where his his really his money's going to play. And whether or not Delo starts, you bring someone else new that starts in the playoffs, or whether you start Gabe Vincent, I think Gabe Vincent in the playoffs is going to play a major contribution to the Lakers in the playoffs. Yes, he is. He's integral. Um, as, as Gerald said at the beginning, and I agree with him. Outside of the big three, I I am in agreement that Gabe Vincent is the key, kind of the key holder for the depth and the balance that the Lakers have as far as offense and defense is concerned. Um, he's a very capable defender. D'Lo, wishy-washy. He can be either a chameleon as far as a great facilitator or an off-ball shooter, cutter. Um, Again, D'Lo, kind of wishy-washy. 
the fact of the matter is Vincent's accumulated over nine playoff series the past two years, three years, excuse me. He's got over a thousand playoff minutes the past two years of 40 games. He's, he's been to the dance. Uh, he's got the scars to show it, Gerald. You know, it's not as if the, the Lakers are inserting, you know, a frog into the uh, the hot water there. It the, the gave Vincent, as Gerald has said, he's not afraid of the moment. He's not afraid of, of being under the lights and the tent poles. He understands that. He went from one, he went from one bougie city to another. He's from Modesto, California. He's from California. Lakers fans should be in his corner all the way to succeed. Absolutely. So we will continue to monitor as far as Gabe Vincent and how he does and obviously keep up to date with that here at the Lakers Fast Break, our continual thoughts on what he's going to be doing for the Lakers. Again, Magic Man, you know, you look at the stats and the defensive rating has been up and down, up and down. His three-point shooting, up and down, up and down. So I'm asking you this, my friend. Do you really think that once he gets a new light here in Los Angeles that you're going to see a better player, a more consistent player during the regular season? We saw, as this mentioned in the chat, about Kendrick Nunn, and we thought he had the kind of capabilities to go ahead and advance his game, and unfortunately that did not work out for the team. Do you see something different for Gabe Vincent as far as him being a, a more productive player with the Lakers? Yeah, yes, Gerald. And to be fair, I think some of that had to do with the, the also the players he was playing with. He often was paired with either Kyle Lowry or Tyler Hero. And at this point, Gerald, I think you would say that both of those players are less of, uh, less of a, a, a defense uh, for Gabe Vincent to have as far as a complimentary defender is concerned. Uh, very poor. Uh, Lowry's 38. His knees are gone. He's not the bulldog he once was. And Ger- Gerald's gone over a hero's defense. So um, when he's been on the court he with plays Jimmy- defense? <laughs> I stay corrected. Okay. <laughs> when, he's, when he's been on the floor with Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler, Gerald, it's been a different like that was the 110 guy. That was the feisty guy who had Bam and uh, Jimmy out on the floor. I think that would be a huge difference, especially if he's surrounded with guys like a AD, like a Jared Vanderbilt, like a Rui Hashimura. Uh, folk, focused young guys who can just scurry around. He he either played with guys over the hill or guys who couldn't who couldn't level up with him as far as defense is concerned. Um, but again, that 115 rating, Vincent has to own that. That's on him. But I think a large part of that had to do with the personnel versus what he has now. I think it's a I think he's got a step up as far as uh overall personnel goes, Gerald. And if the Lakers do have a top 10 defense like they did, they had actually had a top five defense after the trade deadline. If they continue to play that way during the course of this season, especially on the defensive end, then Gabe Vincent should have comparable numbers that should be acceptable to everyone out there. I wish he was more of a steals guy. I wish he gave you something more statistically that you could reach into and say, you know what, this is what he really does well. When you look at it as far as on paper, my friend, again, 
it doesn't translate well to someone that's just, just looking at it as far as what's on paper. It's the intangibles that he brings, the leadership that he brings, the moxie and the courageousness and the fight that he brings, especially in the playoffs, that he's unafraid to go ahead and take the moment when given the opportunity. 100%. 100%. He was given the opportunity um, by Pat Riley and Eric Spolstra. He took the ball and he ran with it, Gerald. Um, yeah, a few up and downs, a few slip-ups here and there. Um, you know, wasn't his finest look those last three games in the finals, but every superlative you just spoke about him is 100% true. It's not an exaggeration. It's not a hyperbole. That's the, that's the kind of guy, the kind of juice, the tough juice, to, as Karan Butler calls himself, that's the tough juice that the Lakers need in that locker room when either things are getting a little heavy or can get a little, um, you know, scurious. Because there are going to be times this year when uh, the ball is just not going to go our way. We're going to lose three or four in a row. It's just going to happen. Um, but I think he's the steady hand there in the backcourt that we need. We didn't necessarily have that in the regular season or in the playoffs. With him, I think this is this is huge. We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers, well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Once again, it is Magic Man, Sean Grice, and me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching this thing. Truly appreciate it. But before we head on out, my friend, we will talk a little bit more Lakers here before we head on out. And again, we talked about Gabe Vincent, what we've got coming up for you here tomorrow. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about Cam Reddish. And as I told Magic Man over the weekend, I said, if you're all we heard was Cam Reddish, Cam Reddish, Cam Reddish around you know Christmas time and around the trade deadline, Cam Reddish, Cam Reddish, we got to get Cam Reddish. Did you see that on Twitter? The highlight of the year for Cam Reddish, Cam Reddish. Well, I'll tell you what, we got Cam Reddish. So who is Cam Reddish? And if he's going to make a, a contribution on next year's team, we'll go ahead and discuss that on tomorrow's show. But before we head it out, my friend, you know, we talked about the Lakers, we talked about what we're seeing now. The shows are starting to roll out as far as where the Lakers stand on all these experts <laughs> tiers. Uh, I see second tier, third tier, some have mentioned fourth tier. Uh, you know, it just seems like that the Lakers are, are just being like meandering after a conference finals run. Mm -hmm. I, I We talked about it on last week's show. We talked about the over under for what they were predicted at, like by Caesars 46 and a half wins. I said they were probably a 47 to 52 considering the fact that you expect LeBron and AD to sit X amount of games if they go through the season healthy. 
I think that they, people are underestimating. These experts are underestimating what the Lakers can do. Again, a really solid team that they're putting out there. And if they go through relatively unscathed as far as injuries concerned on the back end, they could go ahead and still make some changes with some very tradable contracts and can make themselves even better heading into the postseason. Yeah, hundred percent, Gerald. And and let's be honest, you, you know, uh, just human beings in general, we uh, we have short memories, and uh, obviously the landscape of the media has completely forgotten or eighty six the uh, the idea that the Lakers started out that season two and ten. They started out two and ten with Darvin Ham dealing with a roster that was not put together for him, uh, wasn't really put together for anyone. Um, and he managed to somehow steady the course to a point where Polinka had to act. He acted and with the new personnel, Ham actually played, you know, 700 ball, Gerald. The Lakers played uh, I think it was six six fifty around there, Gerald. Shortly after the All Star break, so I, you know, these a lot of these men and women uh, writing these articles have very short memories, and I'm with you. I I think the the Lakers will be fine. Before we head on out, we got a a question from Kurt. What did you guys think of Austin Rivers' comments on the pay disparity in the NBA, especially within the confines of this new CBA? I thought they were very pointed, although it does come from an individual who's being paid on the other end of the pay spectrum, as opposed to the one that's taking the most beneficiary moments from it. In a lot of cases, if you do it the wrong way, you could have a situation like Phoenix has, where they're just so top heavy and everybody else gets the minimum or close to it. But then you could also have a situation where the Lakers, the Lakers have weaned themselves off that path and put them on selves on a path with more equalized salaries going forward. So your thoughts, though, on Austin Rivers' comments on the pay disparity in the NBA, especially given what's happened with the new CBA kicking in, at least to start off with for this season? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um that's a hundred percent true. As Gerald was saying that I was thinking of like an Oreo cookie, like all those contracts are in the, the creamy middle and you have the minimums on the outside. It looks like a nice cookie. You know, you can do it. You can trade it for something better. Right, Gerald. But yeah. if you don't have the cream in the middle, I just have two. I don't know what you call them. Uh, I don't know what. I'm trying to say here, but you just have basically an Oreo cookie without the cream. And that's kind of what the Phoenix Suns are. They they don't they don't have any backbone really. Like Gerald said, they're top heavy, and then eleven guys make the minimum. Um and Austin Reeves, I agree with what he said overall. Like Austin in, Rivers. Excuse me, Austin Rivers. In the spirit of what he was saying, yes, I agree. Because he had also issues with the trade demands that all these top players are asking for. He he, he did, but nevertheless, um, there's there's only there's only one play, there's no player now who has who has um, uh, that clause in their contract. There's no one. He um, he Beal is the last guy to have that. Uh, I don't expect. Now here, here's the interesting 
part of that. There's still a clause in the CBA that says that if you've been with a team, correct me if I'm wrong, Gerald, I think it's eight years, you can negotiate a no trade clause. That's still that's still in the new CBA. Yeah, there's so, all that will always still be in the, the yeah, CBA. So we're going to see what guys use that in the future, Gerald, because I'd be very interested to think that the only thing holding up this Jalen Brown contract is that he wants a no trade clause and Boston doesn't want to give it to him. My guess is that's the only thing holding up this contract right now because if you were him and you remember getting drafted and the very I remember this, the very night he was drafted, there were Boston Celtics fans already trading him and they've been putting him in the trade machine ever since. So if there was one guy who negotiates that coming up, don't be surprised if it's him. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. It is the Magic Man Shadow Grice along with me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for everyone for being a part of what we did today on who is Gabe Vincent. Hopefully this will give you a better idea about Gabe Vincent and what kind of contribution he can make on the Lakers. Again, I'm hoping the defense gets a little better. I'm hoping the shot gets a little bit more trustworthy during the regular season. And if that's the case, I see a good season from him for the Lakers indeed. Adam says, I think Christian Wood is waiting to see what Miami does. I think that's what's going on because Butler and Adebayo, Wood and Lillard would be tough. But remember, they've got Thomas Bryant. So they've already got one six foot eleven player that plays at the center position. Really? Does Wood, you know, that, that actually plays a similar type of game to, to him. So I'm not sure how advantageous it would be to bring Wood onto the Miami Heat. Yeah, I don't, I don't see it. They've got, um, they've got Bam, they've got Kevin Love, they've got uh, yeah. Thomas Bryant, and now they have Orlando Robinson. They're pretty, they're pretty top, at, uh, pretty set at center, I think. Um, and for, and quite honestly, if they didn't even, if if they had an open slot, Christian Wood doesn't feel like a Pat Riley guy. I'm just going to be I'm just going to be frank about that. I don't think he fits the heat culture at all given his tendency to think more as an individual rather than as a team Gerald, especially when things aren't going your way. That is the worst thing that can happen in a locker room is you already have a very tentative situation and somebody who's prone to the negative starts going that way, it can really blow up a locker room. Yeah, unless somebody's going to dish out some more money, uh, who has money left on, you know, as far as under the cap, somebody's going to dish out more money. They're the winners, but I don't know. They would have already been able to offer it already, and they would have. He would have already accepted. So I yeah. think at this point, it's going to be the Lakers by default at this point. It's that. Honestly, at this point in time, it's Vetman or Bust for Wood, for whomever. Uh, but search and, search and Destroy, well, Search and Destroy, is Wood a real center at 6'9"? Not sure. He is taller than, than Rui. The thing is, though, he's played a considerable amount of his career in the NBA as a center, as a 5, as a 4, 4-5, four, going back and forth. So he's used to it. He's used to playing and then playing off the ball with AD. If you pair him up with AD... If on the on paper Christian Wood, if you see that that what I've seen over the course of the years, 
yes, I understand he's burned every bridge from here to the other side of the, the stratosphere. But well, I, I think he, that, again, the kind of fit, realistically, if he has his mind right, would be advantageous for the team. And, and you could play that hybrid 4-5, depending on the matchups alongside AD. Yes, you could. And, you know, let's not let's not forget something, Gerald. He's closer to 6-9 than he is. Yeah, he's more 6-9 than, than, than he is an actual 6-10. Six, six, yeah. I will say this, though, Gerald. Let's be honest. Last Christmas, we got coal in our stockings because we had played the said Dallas Mavericks. To be fair, Christian Wood was the best player on the floor that night, and that includes uh, a game where LeBron James and Luka Doncic played. Um, he dominated in the paint. He shot 9 of 10 from the painted area, and that was with the Lakers missing Anthony Davis. So Christian Wood has proven himself that in the face of a second unit or not playing a team's best unit, he can be a very effective player. He could be a very efficient player. Will he decide, will he decide that the, the, the future, the short-term present is just a small obstacle to the three or four year deal I could sign in the summer if I play really well. That's that's what he's got to be thinking about because at this point in time, it's vet men or bust. It's either signing with the Lakers or he goes to Maccabi Tel Aviv or he plays in Turkey or he goes to Cyprus because I think this is his last kick at the can. If he decides that he's not going to play in the NBA this year, I think he's gone, Gerald. I, I don't think anybody will even look at him in the summer if he doesn't sign a vet min with somebody and just sucks it up. Could be him going to Shanghai instead of Dylan Brooks, which would be a shame indeed. But once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is the Magic Man, Sean Grice, and me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Tomorrow, we will go ahead and identify who is Cam Reddish. And what is all the talk and why so many people in our chat and all over were talking about, oh, we got to have him on the Lakers. Well, now you've got him. Sometimes, you know, things are better off wanting instead of getting in this. And we'll see if that's going to be the case. We'll talk about the potential he's always had coming out of college, the potential unfilled so far. And if he can actually fill that potential with the Los Angeles Lakers, we'll discuss that on tomorrow's show. We've got previews for some of our new players for Wednesday and Thursday as well. And of course, we've got a great week. And then Joe himself, who popped in for just a few minutes in the chat, he will be back supposedly because he's, I'll be back Tuesday, Gerald. Okay. That's like a threat. Hopefully that's not a threat. It's a promise. So we'll wait and see, but Magic Man, you were asked earlier, did you go see the Barbie movie? I said I did. I told everybody what I thought on the Pop Culture Cosmos. That's already dropped wherever you get your podcast. Did you go see the Barbie movie, my friend? Not yet, Cheryl, but I've got a scheduled date for it. Uh, Someone asked me, can you take me to go see the, the Barbie movie on Wednesday? I said, sure. Absolutely. See, there you go. A kind gentleman indeed. And, you know, if, if you've seen it, if once you see it, like I see it, 
she's going to be very happy. Like my daughters were happy. Did they enjoy it, Gerald? They absolutely loved it. Absolutely thought it was fantastic. And that's what counts. Okay. When you have daughters, teenage daughters, I, I do that are still somewhat impressionable as far as what they see, as far as what they like and how they want to go about life. And they're still undecided 100% on what they want to do in life. This just tells them and reinforces them that they do have options, many options in life. And that, that I think is most important. I think besides all the messages that's getting the right or the left all up in a hubbub as far as one side or the other, just point out that the, the movie tells you that, that we as human beings have options, both either as a male or female to go and do anything that we want to do if we so choose. So that I think yeah, is the that, ultimate that's goal. The, that's the ultimate message behind uh, Mattel and Barbie was that Barbie could be anything she wants. Absolutely. Except for Joe Sorrell. Joe Sorrell seems like the guy that would take it away from, you know, whatever kid is holding it and playing it. He would rip it out of their hand and chuck it down the street. I actually, I would put all my money on Ken in a fight against Joe Sorrell. Actually. He said that Joe, not I, not I indeed. Zanger Science says, hi guys. Sorry for not being active lately. These dog days in the NBA are my reading time. You know what, Zangerstein, that's okay. We're just glad to have you here. So glad that you always support us. You're such an incredible part of what we do. I won't even tell you what Magic Man was talking about. <laughs> With the three nastiest words you hate to hear, three-card lineup. But we were talking about Gabe Vincent and the possibility of that mm-hmm. happening. So we won't talk about that much more on that. But I think, Zangerstein, you know when it comes to, to Darvin Ham. That's going to be a possibility. I think we will see three guard lineups. Sorry, Zangerstein. I think we'll see it. I think we'll see it was when Gabe Vincent will be a part of that. I'd see it say say like the second quarter, late third quarter, early fourth. I think you'll see some three guards lineups. That's that's just <laughs> Zangerstein. I know, I know, it breaks your heart. But Gabe Vincent is the kind of guard that Ham likes to go ahead and put out there in one of those. I just see it right now already. What are your thoughts, Magic Battle, the way out? I agree 100%, Gerald. Uh, unfortunately, I think that's the way the cookie crumbles. He loves his three-guard lineup, and that's the way it's going to go. It is the way it's going to go, indeed, I think, for a lot of us, even though, again, if Prince plays well, that could be a way. It could be something. If Cam Reddish whatever you choose to have him at. And that's something we'll discuss on tomorrow's show. Is he a guard or is he a forward? We'll discuss that on the show as well. But Z, great to have you here. You're sensational as always. Always as well. PMC, Blue Magic, Kurt, everybody lifted. Everybody that subscribed today, thanks so much as well. Adam, terrific as always. Great to have you here. So many great faces as always. Even Joe, when he was in the chat, Intel Wild, you're the man among men. Truly appreciate you going ahead and stopping by on the show as well. Love the fact that you wait for us. Lakers all day. Truly great to have you here as well. Uh, even though need to get a center like Whiteside. Uh, little past his prime and he's burned every bridge. He reminds me of a Christian Wood who can't <laughs> reason that he's burned his bridge everywhere he's been. Yes, he has. Yes, he has. So, and he made he made he made sure he threw gasoline 
on the fire before he left every place he's been to as well. Yes. Uh, I searched, I saw what Joe, I don't want to, I don't want to post that up on here. What what Joe called Whiteside, but (laughs) I just see, he's just past his prime. You're talking about a mid thirties player now that again, you know, those, some of those centers don't age really well. We're already seeing it with JaVale McGee that, Finally, after playing so well for so many years and being a vital part of both the Golden State Warriors and Los Angeles Lakers, we started to see where his career has gone. It just happens to every player, and it's already happened to Whiteside and the fact that probably he's no longer playing in the league. Dwight Howard, no longer playing in the league. Boogie Cousins, no longer playing in the league. It's just these guys, they just go off a cliff, and unfortunately, it just you can't bring them back. And if you try to, it just does not look good. Tristan Thompson, case in point right there. I mean, people talk about, oh, yeah, I had a great 45 seconds. Yeah, he had a great 45 seconds. Ask him to do it for like in a real, during the season, in real games, you know, as far as continuously for a real amount of minutes. You know what, Gerald? There's somebody. Ask him to try a jump shot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, no, literally the names you were uh, rhyming off there, Gerald, and I mean, and I, and I know he gave it to us in the playoffs in crunch time that that minute, but then he got killed by Jokic. Saw who who just beat me that time? Oh my gosh, Tristan Thompson. Sorry, can't handle that. And then he went out and destroyed Thompson, and they got him off the floor. So, yeah, that's yeah. I mean, it, it's happening to a lot of guys. It looks like um, Deadman is being pushed out of the NBA. Yeah. Um, so I. I like Gerald was saying, these guys, they hit a wall eventually. Usually with big men, it happens around 33, 35, in, in that range. That That's when the knees are a little weaker. Uh, the feet aren't that great anymore, Gerald. And it's just low post players and offensive rebounders don't age well. We talked. I talked to before to uh, Rafael Barlow, who actually was working out for a while, Dwayne Dedman, and, you know, he was working him out for a while. This was on his way, on his first comeback before he went back to Miami. This was after he made his money, uh, became like a Christian Wood, a persona non grata, had to work his way to get back in the league, had a decent season initially with Miami, but then it all fell apart last season. Then he was on, what, on Philadelphia and San Antonio, uh, yeah, just it just hasn't worked out well from there. Now nobody he's he's wanted by nobody at this point in time because they think he's already died. He's already done with. Already. Yeah, so. I mean, so the the I mean, you, Mark, you mentioned Kareem. Remember Kareem's last year? He only averaged seven points in the league in his last yeah. year. Yeah, so. yeah, it's just now, mind you, that was in his early forties. So yes, I want to give him a little fair bit enough, of but but. You know, it's it's always been pointed out. Gerald's professed it. It's just the older Big Ben get. It's just low post players and offensive rebounders don't age well. Well, you remember, got to remember, who does the most running? Who runs the most miles back and forth? It's the big men. It's the big men. That's what people don't realize. They're the ones going a little bit farther each and every time out. So. Kurt Affair says, okay, Gerald, hear me out. Last backup center, Darren Collison. Lakers. <laughs> you know, it's funny because, you know, this is the thing about that, though, with Darren Collison. You heard a couple weeks ago, was it, I think Woj posted in a tweet, oh, 
or X, whatever they call it now these days, that, oh, Darren Collison worked out with Phoenix. He was terrific in workouts with him. Well, funny. They still had slots open and didn't sign him. Look what happened there. And they ended up trading Cameron, and they still didn't bring him on. So obviously he didn't do so fantastic. You know that stuff, again, when we talk about Woj and Shams, these agents, either the agents or the teams, they feed these guys to tell them what to say. They're like mouthpieces. They just like mouthpieces and say, okay, we want you to say he did really well in this workout. There you go. Yes, yes, 100%. It's never a bad workout when Shams or uh, Wojer report, especially with CAA or uh, Clutch, depending on who's reporting it. But, yeah, it's it's always, oh, he's great. He did best workout of his life. Best. The ones in, in Las Vegas that actually Rafael Barlow attended as far as the ones that were done with Harry Giles III and Dion Waiters and all that. And you, as Shams was posting how well and how great Harry Giles III looked. Okay. Yeah. Which team mm-hmm. did he sign on? Oh, wait, he didn't. So, obviously, he didn't look great enough so it just again it's just you, you it's very hard to believe what you hear from these guys sometimes half the time because again it's what they want you to know and they want you want you to hear what's being told to them so yeah it's again right now the lakers are in a quandary they put themselves pretty much in the hole they put themselves pretty they pigeonhole themselves into a hole by not addressing it sooner rob Palenka's one little weakness as far as all these decent signings that he's made is that he didn't address it on two big men instead of just going after one. He got Jackson mm. Hayes. Again, that's an, that's a uh, signing which could really work out well for the team, but he needed to go ahead and follow it up and just wait. Oh, it's like, okay, I went shopping. I got all the stuff. I'm now head of the register. Oh, I forgot that New York steak. We really need that New York steak if I got everything around it as far as the vegetables and the salads and the potatoes and all that stuff. Oh, forgot about the steak. Oh, well, do I decide to go all the way back to the other side of the store and get it? Or do I just go ahead and check on out? So, you know, it just, you got to go better. ahead and take you care better. of this You better, because I'm not eating sides for dinner. Okay. <laughs> Enos Freedom. Go for, look up on this on the search. Enos Freedom, or Enos Cantor, his former name, Houston Defense Video. I think that's going to come up, right? Is that famous video? Where was it? Who was the coach that was that was talking so much smack about him? His own coach about how yeah, bad it he was. Um, uh, it was D'Antoni, I thought. It was Mark. Yeah, it was Mike D'Antoni. Mike D'Antoni. It was D'Antoni. Mike, you could you could audibly hear how disappointed and how bad he, he was seeing his own player, Ian's Cantor, getting beat time after time. Yeah, that's. And he, oh and Enos Freedom will go ahead and tell you about how he's been, you know, <laughs> kicked out of the league and blacklisted and all that stuff. His yep. defense blacklisted out of him out of the league. A hundred percent it did. And so did and it did with Derek Favors too. And you don't hear Derek Favors whining on podcasts and uh, and uh national television about how the NBA ran him out of the league. Nope. He just Derek Favors didn't play a good brand of defense. When he well, was the in, the, in essence, the NBA did run him out of the league because his defense was so bad. They both were run out of the league because their defense was bad. Yes. 
So, so if, you, if you get a chance to hear it, it's actually hilarious. So, yeah, you see, Mike, you're actually, it's so weird to hear this, your coach of your own team just bad mouthing you, and it's like audible right there. It's 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 amazing it's amazing how that was the first time he was ever caught doing that, Cheryl. If he's he's got to have about one or two of those rants of his own guys at night. Kurt, I, I'd say his defense. I, the writing on the shoes. If LeBron rode on his shoes the way that that Can- Canter did, I don't think LeBron would have been out of the league. So you know, I, I think it's based on more on the player. The, these teams are willing to let that stuff go by. I mean, Kyrie Irving, if Kyrie Irving was Enos Cantor, he would be out of the league. Kyrie Irving is Kyrie Irving. That's why he still gets opportunities, no matter how much he blows it, no matter how much he says, no matter how much he tweets, he still gets chance in the league because he plays like Kyrie Irving on occasion and shows you why he's still worth something. He, why did he get a hundred plus million dollar contract? Because it's mm-hmm. Kyrie Irving. Yes. You know, this also is the guy who hasn't played 55 games in a season in quite some time and has gotten himself persona non grata and kicked out of every team that he's played for. So, yeah, he wants to be a Boston Celtic for life. So you see mm-hmm. how that worked out. Yeah, a Boston Celtic for life. And then what he did, what did he do to the leprechaun on the floor, Darryl? Gerald just stomped the hell out of it the yeah. next time he saw it. And yeah, that was one. And then, you know, me and me and KD are here on the nets and, and we're going to take this organization to the next level. Yeah, meanwhile, Joe, I wanted to have you under no illusions that somehow you're running the franchise, but you thought you were. So Is let it- me ask you this, my friend, before we head on that, you know, the, the scuttlebutt of the day last week was the, supposed rumor of a possible sign and trade that D- that Dallas would love to do for Christian Wood for the Lakers for Jared Vanderbilt instead of let's say Christian Wood there's another restricted free agent that's out there that can play in a pinch small ball five in PJ Washington mm-hmm. he's on a restricted nobody seems interested in going ahead and giving him an offer would the Lakers be remiss in actually offering a sign and trade for him? I'm just throwing out there, people. Don't hate me. Don't hate me for it. That's not a bad idea, Gerald. Don't if if people are hating Washington that... fit the bill more than than Christian Wood on a Vando trade. Yes, yes, he fills a lot more. A lot more. So. There are only a handful of players who have been effective screeners and when i mean screeners i mean you're coming out of the role you're either coming off the ball or you're shooting jokic was was the huge leader as far as efficiency and screeners are concerned pj washington um was the only non-big in that list and um gerald he is a fantastic uh finisher um shooting can be iffy but other than that, he's a great facilitator. He's a great screener. Um, again, he, tri- I think- he trickled down to 35% from the arc yeah, uh, last I know, season, but I know. he was at 37 to 39 Seven, yeah. in previous season. So he's, and he only, he's only 25. And he's only 25, yes. I think the best option for him would be to get out of that situation because I think P.J. Washington would be a really good player on a contending team. 
I'll just say that. I don't think we'll get him. Um, but, Gerald, if somehow Charlotte wants to make that trade, I would make it in a split second. No question asked. Yeah. Okay. All right. Do you want me to play the role of Jamie Sweet and say you're secretly a Charlotte's fan? And... Oh, am I? Oh, I, I you know, I <laughs> <laughs> tobacco road. I, I don't see myself just going down. To, I'm going to yeah. shut down the channel. Uh, you know, I've just had enough. Uh, you know, there you go. Yeah. You know something, Jamie? I love Vando, but if it was a case of taking uh, Vando over Chris Wood, Vando all day, twice on Sunday. Vando and PJ Washington. Mm, that's a little tougher. PJ, just by a little bit. Again, but you lose that situational defensive player that can guard anyone from the one to the four effectively. That's what you lose when you get rid of a Vanderbilt. Just, just know that. I'm not saying I'm vehemently against it, Sean, because, again, in the right matchup, he does you so well in the C in the playoffs. If the wrong matchup or you make him play offense, if you're the other team, then that spells doom. And you can literally – he literally plays himself off the floor, as we saw in the playoffs. So it's, you know, how situationally – you're going to have to add shooters around him. And when LeBron and AD are not considered shooters, or if they're shoot, you know, they're shooting like – they usually normally do, which is not good. That's three non-shooters that are out there, and that's really hard to take unless you know you have AR and D'Lo or Gabe Vincent or whoever's playing alongside them, really shooting well from the perimeter. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that that's the key right there. Um, and, and again, this is all speculation. Personally, I wouldn't move off Vando whatsoever. I would keep. Jared Vanderbilt as a Laker for as long as possible. Unless uh, it's for someone like PJ Washington. Unless it's for somebody like that. If it's for anything else, nope. Uh, Vando is a is a three-tool NBA player. I think trading him for anything other than three or higher is uh, a faulty move. And Christian Wood just isn't that guy to make that deal for that's ridiculous and tom i love you but you know that's a ridiculous move uh trading vando for christian wood you know it you know it. i get it i get why i get the christian wood allure i understand it but the fact is is that you need somebody like jared vanderbilt just a little bit more than you need christian wood if you want to win the title I feel kind of guilty though, Sean. I think I'm I I feel kind of guilty ever since this feud started between Jamie and Laker Tom. Uh, hopefully they've mended ways and mended fences and patched up. I don't know. I haven't checked out Lakerholics.com in a couple of days, so I'm not exactly sure. But my friend, I feel kind of like partly to blame because I was the one originally that turned on Laker Tom to Christian Wood as far as I told him about him because he didn't know who he was as a player and I feel partly to blame, my friend. I feel partly to blame. So I'll just sit back and eat popcorn and watch them while they continue to feud, hopefully. So Gerald, um, do you remember when you were when you were a kid and mm-hmm. you you heard about this night where adults gave away free candy and you didn't actually believe it when you first heard it? No, 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 no. I don't know what you could. Oh, it's called Halloween. You go from door to door and you get 
free treats. And that happens. That's kind of like what happened with Tom and Christian Wood. It was like Halloween. And you can't be blamed for letting somebody know that they give out free candy on Halloween or that Christian Wood is a really good player and maybe the Lakers should go after him. That was six teams ago, seemingly. No, four yeah. teams ago. I'm sorry, sorry. Yeah, but, and, and not to mention, um, should be noted, Anthony Davis knows who Christian Wood is. Anthony Davis was in was with the New Orleans Pelicans in that dumpster fire when they brought him in. So anybody who knows what he can and can't do is Anthony Davis. And as I had mentioned on the previous podcast, Gerald, uh, if there was any issue with with him at all, it would be like that. You would you wouldn't hear a thing about Christian Wood. It'd be the Lakers aren't interested in Christian Wood, but that hasn't happened. And AD is you know he doesn't talk through the media. But if anybody was uh, was vociferously against bringing him in, it would be him because they have the history together, and he would know right off the bat, whether or not that guy would be capable of playing a role on the Lakers. And again, I'll just reiterate, he hasn't said publicly that the Lakers shouldn't go after him. If he thought it was a bad idea, he would say something like that. Kurt says it best, never get rid of a Vanderbilt, whether it's Gloria or Jared. Mm. Gloria actually has passed away. That's a great line, Kurt. I love you, man. That's a great line. That's the line of the night. There you go, indeed. But once again, it is the Lakers fast break. Zangerstein's asked, guys, what do you think about this lineup? Reeves, Prince, Vandy, Vando, Rui, LeBron, AD. In this lineup, Vando would have to more room if Prince plays the two. Ooh. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's, 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 a, that's a slow-footed on uh, defense. They're, they're, that's, I mean, Prince... You're asking if I would go small if I was the other team and try to see if I can outquick the Lakers if that's the case. Yeah, that's, that's what I would. You know what though? That you're you're also you're also dealing with a lot of length. I, I think actually that to me that that half hard, uh, that half court offense isn't terrible. It isn't terrible. So I, I Prince think has to play. hit his shots. If Prince uh, is I hitting his shots, play. I like it a lot better. Yeah, playoffs that lineup would work. Word worksy. She means it as a as a lineup within the system, not as a starter. The starter. She yeah. just said that at some point in time, you could try it. I don't. I don't see that as too much of it. You know, like a second quarter type deal, or maybe a, a yeah. late third quarter, early fourth quarter, like we were talking about the dreaded three guard lineup, which Z, you and I both know, Ham will go back to at some point in time, whether we like it or not. Uh, I do like that better as far as trying to stay away from the three guard lineup, but Prince has to hit his shots. Yeah, and Prince I'm not, has to hit his shots. And and the thing is, you know, however great a deal we got, he you know he didn't deserve or he didn't earn his ten million dollars from from Minnesota, so they waived him. They didn't want to pay him ten million dollars there. You got to ask yourself, just like D'Angelo Russell, why was he traded to the Lakers? Why was Prince available? Why was he cut from just a $10 million contract? Because $10 million is a rotational player's contract. Why was he cut from that contract? That's that's one thing I would keep. If, he's, if he was such a valuable player, in 37% three-point shooter, is he on the decline? That's 
what are the signs when somebody lets go of another player? I mean, it's just, that's the thing. You're just, mm-hmm. There's a reputation. I understand as far as it's concerned that, that certain players take across. And I know he could be a pretty good in theory or has been a good player, three and D wing. As far as that, that's concerned. You know, well, shoots think- well for the free throw line. Yeah. He can hit you around 38% from three, my friend. But you got to ask yourself, what went wrong in Minnesota that allowed Minnesota to cut him? Yes, yeah, that that that's that's a concern as well, Gerald. Absolutely, because you know there was a lot of promise with him, and um, I think uh, wasn't it this he's still, year? He's only going to be twenty nine this and year. Yeah, and you know he he has the reputation to go bonkers from beyond the beyond the arc. Uh, when he's hot, we've we've seen that. But again, Gerald, like you said, uh, it's reputational at this point with Prince. If his shot is falling, he he can get 25 to 28 minutes off a bench and be a significant contributor. But if his shot's not falling, Gerald, uh, it's really hard to find minutes for him or to justify playing him those minutes. I would rather uh, de- delegate those minutes to uh, Rui or Vando. I think they would supplant him if his shot isn't falling on the wings. And his defensive rating isn't that bad. Uh, it's career right around 111.6. Although last year, oh, dear God, help me. <laughs> oh. You know what? Christian Wood looks like an all-defensive player with that defensive rating from Torian Prince last year. That's the reason why, my friend. 116.6. Mm-hmm. We talked about Gabe Vincent. Uh, you want to know why he's on the Lakers? Just answer yourself this: one sixteen point six. That's that's, bad. That is that's yeah that's that's uh, tragic. Although again, he shot over forty percent twice from three. If he shoots it himself into a, uh, I mean, they let go of a thirty-eight percent three-point uh, shooter last season, so that tells you just how bad he was on defense. One sixteen point six is, yeah. Uh, so, the um, so they've essentially the wolves have basically exchanged Torian Prince for Troy Brown Jr. Yeah, and we've done the same thing basically. So, uh, Gerald, hopefully Prince has. Um, I I I think the Lakers are hoping uh, you know Prince a lot flourishes in the role he's uh, suited for with the Lakers. Um, but like you said, I'm, it, it's dependent on his shooting. If his shooting isn't falling, there's depth that the Lakers had that could supplant him, and the Lakers can move off him as well, Gerald. We'll see what happens. But, yeah, I mean, you ask yourself, these guys, you know, and, and why did these guys, why did he get cut? Why did he, you know, get, uh, why did Minnesota not take the $10 million relatively decent, but not huge contract for Torian Prince. And unfortunately it starts to show at you. It starts to stick out like a a sore thumb. Once you look at the numbers, why that is. And of course we always talked about why Minnesota gave up on D'Angelo. And that was because he was better. They were better as a team with him off the floor. And then with on, despite the numbers that you saw statistically. And then with Torian Prince, I think it has to be, uh, Prince is Zanger Science says Prince, he's a better hedge chaser than a wing point of attack defender. Well, 
<laughs> that might be the case, but you can't always have him play defense the way you want. It's unfortunately how he plays defense in that moment. And if he's well, that bad a defense as far as playing for the Lakers, he'll be on the bench real quick and people will get their wish on giving Cam Reddish a try. Yeah. Hundred percent. Um, if his if he's not dropping buckets, then Cam Reddish is going to come in because at this point in time, Reddish is a better defender than Prince ever was. And oh, no, he was good to start off with as a rookie, one hundred four. Then you yeah, saw one hundred nine. Yeah, it, it tailed off though. It tailed off. It has tailed off. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Unfortunately, so. Uh, but yeah, there was promise there. We'll see if there's kind of a rejuvenation of sorts, but uh, I don't know, Gerald. I'm, I'm not holding out a lot of hope. I, I think he'll be a, a decent defender. I don't think he'll be 116 on the Lakers, but um, yeah. <laughs> Another Sl- Slava Medvedenko has been mentioned more times this summer than he ever was as a Laker. Him and Christian Wood. Christian Wood has appeared on more Lakers podcasts in the past two weeks than, yeah, even LeBron. So there you go. My choice is Chuck Nevitt. There you go. Nevitt. The crowd's chanting Nevitt like in the old days when it was like the Lakers would win by 40 and this fourth quarter people want Nevitt to come in there because they just wanted to see him. Yep. Those were the old days indeed. But it is the Lakers fast break. We truly appreciate you watching and listening. Glad you had a chance to go ahead and reminisce with us on some great stuff and also, you know, pick our brains as far as some of the thoughts on the Los Angeles Lakers. Cam could surprise us saying, search, we'll talk about if he could do just that or why I'm not holding out much hope on that. But again, I'm hoping he'll prove me wrong and we'll wait and see. But it is Magic Man, Sean Grice, to meet Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Magic Man, any thoughts before we head on out? Uh, DJ Benga, we've never needed you more than we need you right now, buddy. I'm sure you could give us five glorious minutes off the bench if you're actually paying attention to the game and not being the space cadet that Phil Jackson said you were. That's cold. But then again, Phil Jackson was cold a lot. That's for sure. Kurt Affair says, uh, stay tuned for my Cam Reddish's Defensive Player of Year article on Laker Holics, a.k.a. Laker Tom, right there. But uh, for yes, uh, I'm sure Laker Tom will be waiting for why Cam Reddish will be the Defensive Player of the Year uh, out there. But Zanger Sign says, uh, oh, Search and Destroy says, peace, guys. Pray we get a center. That's all I'm saying, uh, as, as do we. Zanger Sign says he might, as long as freaking Ham start stops the three guards and chooses to go wings heck max christie is not a wing he is more of a three and d two guard yeah he's still still too slight a build i know they're going to try some zang if he if he does pop you're going to hear by the way all season long if he does pop about how uh, we blew it on not signing him to a longer contract but he is still slight a build so if you try to put him in that small forward slot that's going to be a tough challenge for him right now I'd say as he matures and grows and gets stronger, I think that that's going to be a little bit better for him. But yeah. is the Magic Man, Sean yeah. Grice, good, my friend, with tomorrow talking about Cam Reddish. Is that going to be okay for you? Let's do it. All right, let's do it. We'll go ahead and talk about Cam Reddish. Who is Cam Reddish? 
you don't know for sure who Cam Reddish is and what the, all the hype was about, how he came out of college, how bad people thought he, good he was, how it's been unfulfilled potential. That should be his new name instead of Cam Reddish. We'll see if he can actually fulfill the potential. Kurt Affair says if we don't cite Christian Wood, Genie will bring back Kurt Rambis. <laughs> Better on the court than upstairs in the office dropping ideas into her head. Let's just put it that way. Petting my cat says at Kurt, throw some jabs at Lakerholic members. Let's get some action going. Absolutely. Let's get some action. More drama. We need more drama on Lakerholics.com. Go ahead and check out Jamie Sweet with those five things articles and Laker Tom right there for you. The number one Lakers blogger that's out there while it's still up and running at Lakerholics.com. So for Magic Man, Sean Grice, it's me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Please, if you have not yet subscribed, appreciate Bloodhound and Lifted subscribing today. If you've not yet subscribed, please do so to get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air. So we're looking forward tomorrow to going ahead and talking some Cam Reddish. And my gosh, I'm so sad this day has come because I don't have faith in Cam Reddish. And I'll explain why tomorrow right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. And I hope I'm wrong on Cam Reddish. I absolutely do. But we'll talk about it He's got to be real, folks. He's got to be real. That he does. Have a good evening, everyone. Be safe.